Jewish Latin Princess, Episode 79, Leah Richheimer, host of the Ladies Talk Show and author of Marriage Secrets. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast by Yael. Every week, get your dose of inspiration from the world's most uniquely talented Jewish women and from Yael herself. Seeking profound and practical ways to live a joyful, richer Jewish life? Welcome to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. And now, Jewish lifestyle expert and bilingual blogger at JewishLatinPrincess.com, your host, Yael. What is the most important factor affecting women's happiness and fulfillment? I bet you had not thought of this one, but my guest today makes a pretty strong case for Shalom Bayit, peace in the home, and more specifically for marriage, your marriage. Hmm... Boy, did I have questions about that. You're listening to Jewish Latin Princess. I'm Yael Trush, your host. Welcome to the show. This is Thanksgiving week. A lot going on for everyone, I'm sure. If you've been wondering where I've been hiding, I haven't really been been hiding. I've just been consumed by a few work projects and uh, more importantly, being very deliberate about getting enough sleep during the crunch time and staying present throughout everything that has been going on in my life uh, for my family, for myself, for my family. We had a we had beautiful milestones really in my family within the last three weeks I had a birthday my daughter had a birthday and my son put on his tefillin for the first time marking exactly two months before his bar mitzvah his 13th birthday which was a very beautiful moment for the entire family and now this week my second daughter is having a birthday so mazel tov again I just actually today finished teaching a women's class on Jewish birthdays and Jewish calendar in Spanish. And of course, we had the friendship walk last week, which was a big success. Thank God. So I can't complain. All these things have been amazing. And they've actually lent themselves to being more present for my family, as I said, taking a brief hiatus from my social media and my newsletter. Sorry, guys, I'll be back soon. And even editing these wonderful interviews that I can't wait to get to you. I have a lot of good content in store for you. But as I said, I had to be present for my family, for my husband, my kids, myself, which brings me to today's interview with fellow podcast host, Leah Richheimer. Leah is the host of the weekly podcast, The Ladies Talk Show. This is a unique format of a show, as she'll tell us soon. She is also the renowned author of relationship books, multiple relationship relationship books, including her latest book, Marriage Secrets. Leah is also the founder of The Marriage Campaign, a nonprofit global initiative which encourages people to make marriage a top priority in life. Leah uses the wisdom of our Torah and ancient sources. So it's not Leah's woo-woo. She says it's a 3,000-year-old record of success to to inspire us to build better marriages and lead fuller lives. So why marriage, I asked Leah. Of all areas of self-growth, why is Leah obsessed with marriage? What about equality? We do live in 2018. Why shouldn't equality be our focus when it comes to our homes? What is the number one way to get your husband to respect you? And while we're on the topic of men, what about them? What about the men? Why is it on the women? I asked Leah. Wait till you hear this. And how do you get your needs met within a marriage and the appreciation that you crave and he finds so hard to provide? Oh, there's so much to learn here. Listen up, ladies, because Leah Richheimer is on a mission to mobilize our nation to work on marriage. Here's the lovely Leah Richheimer. Richheimer, welcome to Jewish Latin Princess. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to talk to a fellow podcast host. Hello. This doesn't happen every day. That's, there you go. That's great. Thank you very much for having me. I'm very, a big fan, so I'm very excited to be here. Just to brag a little bit about you, you are the host of the Ladies Talk Show, and you're an author multiple times. Um, so I want to start with your, before we even get into the talk show, I want to start with the your line of work. You're an expert in marriage. That's your passion. That's what you've been putting, you know, your your life, your energy into. I'm curious, how did you even get to that point to writing so much about marriage 
starting a nonprofit that we'll get to soon, the ladies talk show. Tell, give us the backstory. What, what, why marriage? Okay, it's fantastic. So the basic thing is that if you go into any, stop any lady in the street, Mm-hmm. And you ask her, okay, what is our traditions for um, for c- keeping kosher? So she say, oh, you separate the milk, the meat. You could talk to her for two hours about hexures and different things. Now you stop her and you ask her, what's our what's our masura? What is our tradition for Shabbos? She's like, oh, you light the candles, you have challah, and then you say, okay, fine. What is our tradition for shalom bias, for peace in the home and for happiness? And she'll be like, um, uh, uh, I'll get back to you on that one, Leah. Okay, she won't have that answer uh-huh. and yet Yael, can I tell you the answer to that question is the single most important factor in her own happiness and in her olamabon her future you know whatever in the world to come she's all you know but in terms of her day-to-day life what's her life going to be like is she going to be a happy person is she going to be content is she going to be satisfied are her needs going to be met is she going to be feel like vivacious and, and vital in, and like she's maximizing her potential that's all going to be dependent on her shalom bias and yet the Masora, the, the, all of the traditions that we have that say exactly how to be happy have been somehow lost to her. It's not coming off. You know, she's not snap, snap, snap. Here it is. So that's yeah. what got into it. I saw a lot of suffering. And this is the answer. Yeah, well, I, I have to give I have to tell you a joke. You know, what's the, hap- the you know, what's the key to Shalom bias? What's it? <laughs> you want Shalom? Let her buy it. <laughs> oh, that I love that. This I is love, for the guys. I, I the credit card. Hand the credit card. There you go. <laughs> By the way, I'm totally against that. I I, I have a lot to say about uh, uh, women and money and how money plays a big part in your marriage and uh, how important it is to resolve your issues with money and uh, work things financially as a couple. But that's a side conversation. But I love what you're saying because in simplistic terms, I mean, it's like we almost we have the recipe for. Shabbos and kosher and but when it comes to marriage we don't know what these things are right we're scratching our head and the point is look if if yell if you had the same idea right? And you said, you know what, we need to figure out what our Masura is. What's the tradition? What does God say mm-hmm. is going to make me happy? Okay, because he created me, he probably knows what I need to be happy. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> and you, if you were to look on the bookshelf that you have right now sitting wherever you're sitting, you know, in your house somewhere, and you would, go, you would find all of the sources there. All I did is a lay rich went, I went pulled down everything and I collected 220 tourist sources of what are what is going to make a wife happy in marriage, a husband happy in marriage. Mm-hmm. I wrote them down and then I put them in an order that is easy to read and, you know, and, and, and I made it nice. But the basic thing is, this is not Leah Richheimer's brilliant ideas. This, this is, is Torah. This is Torah. I That's- love it. But Leah Richheimer, why? 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 Why did that irk you so much? Just like it irks some other things. You know, what was the... Everybody connects to something. Why do you think marriage was the thing that you said, I need to help women in this area? So I flew to Philadelphia. There's a rabbi there, Rabbi, uh, rabbi Shmuel Kamenetsky, who's one of the Gedolim of our mm-hmm. generation. And I said to the Rosh Hashiva, I said, I believe that the avoda, that the work of our nation in our generation is shalom bias, mm-hmm. is peace in the heart. And he said to me, Mrs. Richheimer, what exactly is your source for this? And I said, I, actually, I was kind of hoping that the Rosh Yeshiva would be my source for this. So he's yeah. right. <laughs> right? So you know, I, said, I said, you know, in Midrash, Rabbi Midbar, it says that Shalom is so, is so great, that's equal to every, everything in creation. And I, you know, I quoted a bunch of sources and I said, the problem is there are so many things ills facing our world. So for instance, you know, that you have uh, uh, um, kids off the derrick, you have people with addiction problems, you have pornography problems, you have, you have uh, um, uh, sneeze problems, all the issues, there are myriad of issues that are facing Klai Israel, the Jewish nation. And if you were to take care of Shalom bias, Mm -hmm. and people had peace in the home, most, if not all of the problems that are facing our nation would be solved. Because if person, if person, Lush and Hara, they're speaking gossip left, right, and center and doing untold damage. If they felt good about themselves and good about their marriage and good about their life, they wouldn't have the need to put other people down to feel good. Mm-hmm. So I said this to the Rosh Hashiva, and he said, Mrs. Richheimer, you need to teach this to as many people as possible. Mm-hmm. But I just believe it's the source. Basically, we take care of Shalom Bias, all of the other, it's kind of like, I why agree. are we running around putting putting corks in the, in the leaky dam? Let's just stop the water from going over, you know, or from filling or 
or whatever. So that, I don't know. That, that was a funny re- analogy, but you get what I'm saying. No, no, no. It's 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 so true. And the truth is, to- the Torah emphasizes it places so much importance in Jewish marriage and in the in the peace between husband and wife and the, and that relationship. And our families are as strong as the leaders of the family. I didn't make that up. I actually just heard it. Who told me? Oh, my latest podcast guest, Hani Wolchansky. She said that, and it's true. Mm-hmm. Our family is going to be as strong as we, the leaders, the, the couple, the husband and wife are together as a unit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, 100%. And it's, it's a big issue that's going on now, which is, you know, a lot of people are spending so much time paying attention to their kids. And this is a little controversial what I'm about to say. And I, I recognize that uh, some of the things I'm going to say, and I'll talk to you about equality in a second, but I want to finish this point. Some of the things I say are like, huh, where is she coming from? But if you try them on and sit with them, some of them, you know, again, I'm using sources. This isn't, this is, this is all based in Torah, mm-hmm. but some, a lot of people are putting their children ahead of their yes. husbands. Yeah. There's children. And the problem with that is that the, besides the fact that it, 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 it doesn't work uh, in terms of the kids don't do well and the marriage doesn't work, do well. Whereas if you take care of the marriage, the kids will turn out fine no matter what you do practically. Uh, not guarantees for anything or whatever, but it'll be the best possible scenario for them. But aside from that, in the Torah, there are many, many sources in, in our, in the sages have many sources that we spend eternity with our spouse, that we're one half of their neshama and we spend eternity with our husband. Right. I couldn't find any sources. And if you're readers find one please send it to me um, I couldn't find any sources and I had many rabbis looking for me because I felt very strongly about the, saying this point so strongly that said that your children spend eternity with you it's all about your husband spending eternity so if you put all of your energy into taking care of your children after 120 you know you, you know you're, you're gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna have the same uh, eternity 100%. As you put it, you I, put, I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with you and I think it's so important for the kids to see uh, we make it at home a point for the kids to know that mommy and daddy are going out like this is something we do regularly this is our time together and no matter what like they should know that our marriage comes first and um yeah (laughs) yeah it's it's so true and i'll tell you i had a lady yesterday and she said well what if my husband's wrong and i said what do you mean she said well we're sitting at the table and you know my kid my kid comes and you know starts screaming and whatever and my husband turns to her and said screams go to her go to your room and you know she's she's like you know 9 years old or whatever and he screams at her go to your room and it was so uncalled for it was so ridiculous it was so punishment doesn't fit the crime so what do you expect me to do about that leah and I said, tell your daughter, you know, don't slip, let the door slam on the way out. <laughs> you know, you stick by your husband right. because not if you, she said, Oh, really? She said, I told, I told my husband, you know, that's a little harsh. And then I turned to my daughter and I said, what's bothering you, Darren? Whatever I said, did, I said, okay, so now you've embarrassed him in public. Right. You've disrespected him in public. And what have you taught your daughter? That she can she can split mommy and daddy by misbehaving. Yeah, that's so. That's, I'm glad you brought that up because that's such a common one and it's so tricky. We have to remember to then talk to our spouse in private, but not. Mm, yeah, that's right. Uh, that's right. It's uh, yeah. Yeah, no, you, it's right. And the other thing about it is that when, when you know, what she said is, I said, how did it land up? And she said, well, my husband was annoyed with me and like Aww. was giving me the cold shoulder. And my daughter didn't do, you know, w- 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 is was just as bad as before. And here's the here's the is situation for the parents need to realize is that, and you know, whether you're, whether you're um, have kids or not, you know, it's, it's still important. Shalom bias is the most important thing. But for parents, when they are spending 10 years, the first 10 years of a kid's life, kind of disrespecting their husband, embarrassing their husband, not going along with their husband, even if their husband's wrong, okay, they should go, they should still go along with him because then they can, like you said, talk about him later. But if they spend that first 10 years of the kid's life always disagreeing with their husband in front of them, then when their kid starts hitting tweens and teenager or whatever, the, the main authority figure that a child needs in its life, in their life, when they're a teenager, is the father. The father can be, be a big, heavy, a big point of authority, and will keep them in check and keep them, you know, from back, you know going all over, testing the limits to the end. Mm-hmm. And they've ruined it because they spent the first ten years knocking their husband and putting him down in front of the kid. So it's just I, I'm not trying to be scary. I'm just saying let's be smart about this. Not only is it not good for your marriage, it's also not good for your kid. And then what comes next? You start writing. Were you teaching before? I think you were teaching Kalas, right? Bribes. I have been actually 
actually um, teaching for 26, 27, I don't know, whatever, I don't want to age myself, a lot of years or whatever. Um, I was teaching many, many years for singles. I have a book called Shidduch Secrets as well as The Marriage Secrets, um, and they're kind of sequels to each other. And I actually have a lot of single people who are reading Marriage Secrets so that they can, they, they also want to learn how to be the best wife possible um, and, and how to be, you know, someone said to me, oh, is it about, is it a book about equality? I'm like, no, it's a book about happiness. Like, how do, how do you make a wife happy? What, what, what are a woman's needs and recognizing those needs? So, but anyway, so I was teaching singles for a long time. Uh, I wrote uh, many books also for the secular audience um, uh, before I, you know, uh, at one point when, when um, uh, my husband, my husband, I said, listen, what I really want to do is pour all of this into Klai Yisrael, all of my koiches, all of my strengths into Klai Yisrael. Before it was for Parnassah, now it's for Chesed. And, you know, I, I, I just should say as an aside that, you know, all of the proceeds from all of my books and everything I do, any lectures, every every nickel goes back into Shalom Bias. And I, I, I say that because I think it's important pe- for people to know I don't, I, I'm, I'm, uh, Baruch Hashem, I'm lucky to be able to do that. Very, very lucky to be able to do that. But I also think I'm on a mission. <laughs> I'm not like trying to, you know, be rich and famous or whatever. Rich, well, I wouldn't mind. But, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I'm on a mission for to mobilize Klal Yisrael, to mobilize our nation, the Jewish people, to work on marriage, to make it the number one priority in their life, or at least one of the top priorities in their whole life. I think it's the number one, but, you know, people have, you know, might have other goals or whatever, but but to, to make this, put this on the map, so to speak, so that everybody's thinking about it. People aren't shy or embarrassed to go to classes on Shalom Bias. It's the thing to do. And so I'm very grateful to you for sharing this with your audiences, because I'm sure pe- people think of it and they're like, well, you know, yeah, I'll get to it one day, rather than putting it in the forefront. And what they don't realize, if people only realize that if they put it in right in front of their face and make it a priority, their happiness will be 10 times mm-hmm. more than it is currently. And I'll tell you, there's two reasons for that. One is because, thank you for that, I'm babbling. <laughs> I'm sorry. I love it. <laughs> You're so sweet. But one is because the, 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 they are working on whenever you put energy into something, it gets better. That's just the yes. way it is. But here's the, the the key to it. When you are working on Shalom Bias, blessing pours into your home from every nook and cranny, every window, every, it's pour, pouring out of it, whatever it's pouring in. Blessing is pouring in from Shemayim because Shalom is so important to God that God will bring blessing. So if you are sitting there and your kid is doing poorly in math and the dishwasher handle is broken and your car is not starting and you come home and your husband walks in the door and you are frazzled and you put down your phone, you put down what you're doing, you turn the boiling pot down to low and you say, hi, great to see you. How's everything? Just three minutes, five minutes. Then guess what? You're going to come back and your son's going to get an A on his math report card. Your dishwasher handle that was broken, you're going to take a little screwdriver and fix it and not have that $100 repair bill. And you're car that was giving you trouble suddenly isn't giving you trouble. This is not Leia Richheimer's woo-woo, airy-fairy. This is a guarantee from the Torah. If you read the Torah carefully, and I actually give all of the sources, 220 sources, if you read it, you will see every manner of blessing comes into our home when we focus on Shalom. So if people understood that, what the what the uh, payoff is for doing this, it's not just a better marriage, it's not just better spiritual doing the right thing, it's also their own happiness and their own joy and satisfaction in life is going to go up exponentially. And that's the that's the main point. That is key. It's so key, but I have to ask you a question that I've asked myself many times before, and I've discussed this with my husband and other um, people. There's wonderful people like you, there's wonderful resources for women, and women tend to take the lead on this area of work and working on themselves and their marriage. But Leah, who's working with a man? <laughs> That's my question. Yeah, yeah. I heard so many times, Leah, um, women who said, I'm into mikvah, I'm into doing the work, I, I, but, but he's not. And so it takes two to tango. So I think we need to, well, maybe this is a side conversation, but we need to do something to help the men out there too. Well, <laughs> I, I, t- I, t- I agree, but-, but I will tell you something, and this is the power of women. You know, there's many, I won't go into all the side things about the women in the desert and all the things that the miracles that the women have, wrought, have brought to Israel, to our yes. nation and to the world. But here is the most gorgeous thing. Rav Moshe Cordovero gives mm-hmm. over 
that all bracha, all blessing comes from Shemayim, from God himself, through the husband and to the wife. Mm-hmm. That the husband is the giver and the wife is the receiver. Right. Now, yeah. So here is the thing. If the wife is being the receiver, she's being the receiver, she's learning to grow as a receiver, to be a bigger and bigger vessel for that blessing, the husband naturally becomes the giver. He, he was yes. born. What sure. stops from doing the giving is his wife isn't receiving. And how do we know this? Besides all the sources that we have, I've put thousands of people through my classes and my workshops and they come. It's miraculous. Like, are you sure you're not secretly giving the men lessons, you know, behind the scenes? You're, te- you're, you're telling them, you know, you're teaching them because my husband's a new husband. How did that happen? And it happened because the wife is receiving. When a woman first comes to my class, she's got her arms crossed. Right, she's got her tongue in her and her cheek, and <clears throat> she's sitting there like this, looking at me like a uh-huh, hot, and crossed her legs like, "Tell me something," you know, like I don't believe a word you're saying, lady. Mm-hmm. You know, she's got such an attitude and rolling her eyes at things I'm saying. And I will say the following: I will say, you know, the Rambam says you need to respect your husband exceedingly, and she'll look at me and she'll say, "Yeah." I'll respect him when he respects me. Right, 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 right. Right, you get it? This is exactly on point with what you're asking. And here's the point. I'll say, you know what? You're a thousand percent right. He should respect you. Do you want to know the number one way to get him to respect you? Respect him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Is it fair that the woman has to do it first? Probably not. Is it fair that we're the Azer Conegdo, we're the helpmate opposite him instead of him being the helpmate opposite us? Probably not. If you're looking for fairness, this ain't fair. But if you're looking for happiness and you're looking for shalom, for peace, and you're looking for ultimate satisfaction and joy in your life, follow what the sages are saying. We follow them in everything else we do. We follow the kashru. We follow the Shabbos. The sages say, respect him first and he will respect you. And it's unbelievable. So in that first class, I'll give the homework. Go home. Don't one time in the week. Don't interrupt your husband. And Again, they're still rolling their eyes. Now they come back the following week. The same ladies who are rolling their eyes and crossing their arms and whatever, they're like, you know, someone's interrupting me and that's like, shush, let, let, let her speak, let her speak. I want to, you know, they're taking notes, they've got a notebook, and they're writing everything I've done. Why? Because God designed us and he, then he taught us exactly how to make our husbands happy and how to make ourselves happy. And this is the way. This and so the, way. the men don't really need to go to classes. It's better if they do. Good luck with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've tried starting things for men whatever I had I think it was 68 women in a class and they begged me do something for the men so I had them all bring this thing I got a rabbi he taught a class six people out of 68 there's 68 women and six husbands showed up so I I, that was it I'm like okay logistically not happening meanwhile p.s that was six years ago meanwhile I'm teaching just the women to be receivers and the husbands are tripping over themselves, trying to give more and more and more and more to the wives. I'm, I'm so happy that you gave us that reminder. It's true. The makabal, the, the, the giver, I mean, the receiver gives back to the mashpia, to the to the giver. It's just such a beautiful Kabbalistic concept, but it works in reality. That's why the Torah is giving it to us. That's exactly, that's exactly it's like it. my husband always tells, tells the new the new husbands, you know, now you're, you and your wife are, a, now you're a king. You just got married. You're a king, but you know how long you're a king? as long as you keep treating your wife as a queen (laughs) wow that's it right wow that's awesome well i'll get to the equality thing because i don't want to forget yes tell us all about that Okay, because this is like women are like, <clears throat> you know, and I, get, I speak to all different types of women from all across the spectrum or whatever, and they're all very, it's it, the beautiful light of Torah. When you take the Jewish people as a whole, whole and I've traveled all over uh, teaching, and, and, and uh, then I have a lot of people now on, the, on my podcast and on my talk show, Facebook Live talk show, and the, the women that I meet are all Bas Aliyah, meaning Bas Aliyahs or whatever, they, they're, they're, they want to grow. They want to be better. They want to learn what can I do to improve my life? What can I do to improve other people's life? How can I do more kind acts? What can, you know, it's really remarkable. Mm-hmm. But I do have, there is this whole thing for the last 60 years in our, in America and around the world has been the women's movement. And I'm all for the women's movement. Uh, you know, they gave us, a, you know, more, more choices than we ever dreamed possible. However, there's one 
mistake that is made, and that is with equality. So as far as equality goes, that is extremely important to all of us in the workplace. It is crucial that they there be equality. It is We should all be embarrassed that a woman earns 67 cents for a man's dollar. It's, that it's, needs to be rectified. It needs to it's, be rectified. We all need to be working towards that. correcting that. It's okay. Disgusting. And it's disgusting. And, and if you were to say, uh, you know, donate money to that cause, I'm in. Okay. However, in the home, the equation is not equality. The equation is shalom. That's the appropriate measure for a home is, is there shalom? Is there not shalom? So a lot of the problems I think that women have, and I'm getting, you know, you, you had um, uh, mentioned to me uh, 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 that, that something about, uh, about um, what are, what is one of the most prevalent issues dealing women are facing today. And that is with this issue because their husband's not doing enough or doing as much as they feel he should. And that's not what we should be looking for. We should be looking for shalom. shalom. And does that mean we should be a doormat? Absolutely not. Does that mean we should say yes to everything? Absolutely not. We have Bini Yasser, which is a, a into women's intuition. That's a loose translation of women's right. intuition that are needed desperately by our husbands and by our families to run the show. But in terms of micromanaging and making everything equal and being, you know, that that is what's causing a great deal of the problems that are going on in marriages today. So you're saying the focus the focus the the focus needs to be shalom, not the balance of um, yeah, equality, I guess that's what you would call it. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, a lot of women come to me and they're so frustrated because they're not getting their needs met. And I hear, I definitely hear that they, they feel unfulfilled and unsatisfied. They're not getting their needs met. So you know what my first question to them is? Yeah, what is it? What are your needs? Right. I was gonna. I was gonna ask you. Do, do they tell you? I'm always curious when I hear that. So so okay. So what do they say? So they, they kind of uh, um well uh and they start rattling right. off so, dozens dozens of things. So one second. So is that an indicator then? Is the response, my friend, you haven't really articulated your needs neither to yourself and I bet not to your husband. And so if he doesn't, you're not articulating, you're communicating, then how do you expect, right? Does that, That's exactly saying? it. Oh, okay. That's exactly it. And I'll tell you what the primary, you hit the nail on the head. Uh, see, you could have written that chapter. <laughs> okay. So, but the, the issue is the prime cause of that, of having this mush of, is that people get confused between their wants Mm. and their needs and right now they're kind of like they're very separate in reality but in their mind in a woman's mind it's a big huge mushkebobble they're all you know so like she she wants him to bring her flowers but she really needs his attention when she's in a bad mood or something like that or maybe you know she needs space in her bed whatever she has a deep need like that and she's focusing all her attention on getting flowers. Why? Because her sister-in-law gets them. Right. So she's demanding that of him. Then she's demanding that he picks up the milk on time. Then that he calls before he, he uh, comes home and, uh, you know, to, if he's going to be late and then, and then that he doesn't text while, while he's on the phone with her, he, she's throwing a hundred wants a day at him and none of them are getting met or some of them are sporadically getting met. And then she feels unhappy. Whereas if she, in her own mind, separated out, you know, I really don't, I, I, uh, getting flowers is a want. It's not a need of mine. I really don't need that, but I really need him to text me to tell him what time he's coming home for dinner because I'm tired of waiting and watching out the window or whatever women do, you know, mm -hmm. like that. So understanding our own needs is our responsibility. It's not it's like, not oh, that was right. It's not his, it's ours. And once we know that, are you kidding me? Are you tell your husband what you really need and in the order of priority and say, I need this. You know what? I thought I needed you to wash the dishes every night because I felt like that was fair. I'm not after equality. And frankly, you always leave soap on the dishes anyway. <laughs> so I, you know what? I'm giving up you washing the soapy, the dishes every night in exchange. When you walk in the door, I want you to pull me aside and spend five minutes asking me how my day was right or even even as I wash the dishes why don't you t we take that time and we catch up on the day and he sits at the kitchen right. table chatting with her that's probably all she needs right that yeah one-on-one -on -one time she doesn't that's really mind washing the dishes because she probably does a better job yeah yeah 100%. <laughs> she wants time with him 
Right. It's exactly right. But under the only way you'll know to be able to set that logistically up in your life is if you if you know your needs and just for the for a, the 30 second version we go there's many shows actually if they go to ladies talk show and click whatever they'll find you know a lot of shows on meeting your needs because it's so crucial to a woman's own happiness mm-hmm. but the, just the standing on one foot version is you take a notebook and you write down all of your needs all of your wants whatever you could write pages and pages and pages and then you t- you go out get to, to have some coffee sit down and go back with a marker and r- cross out all of the ones that you aren't as important the wants the things that are very superficial the things that are you know okay you know it was nice to write it down it's good to get it out of your head and onto the paper because that helps teach you how much stuff is rattling around in your head and why your husband if you if i were to stop any husband on the street and say is your wife happy with you most 99 percent of them will say uh well i guess sometimes not all the time you know whatever they right so the reason that's the case is because you are piling him with wants and needs if you had a few needs he would have the satisfaction of meeting them and you would be content finally for the first time perhaps in your married life of just feeling i got my needs met i'm letting go of a lot of stuff that are just stupid you know and and less important to me for these crucial ones that's the take because home message because the truth is it's it's like my husband always says the husband really just wants to please his wife <laughs> <laughs> we we yeah. have to just communicate a little bit better, maybe. <laughs> yeah, no, it's right. It's they, you're a hundred percent. It's really true. That's what they want, and they'll do whatever they possibly can. But we're giving them such mixed messages. And frankly, the thing about wants versus needs needs are really core to your own self. Mm-hmm. Wants are more changing. Like you want, you can want a shade, or want a shade, then you get it, and then you want a different shade, or a different shade. Yeah. You know, like your wants are so crazy. This and, and conversation. Sorry to cut you off, but it's very important, especially in this day and age, Leia, where we're so hyper in tune with what everybody else has between Instagram and Facebook and the latest remodel of the other one's kitchen and the latest shade on the wig and the latest whatever, right? That we kind of forget to introspect and really focus on our lives and, you know, what our core values are and what our real needs are because there's so many distractions of what everybody else has out there. It's true. And I'll tell you, in the Masilis Yasharam in chapter three, it goes over, is it three? Uh, it might be, it might be four, two or three or four. Anyway, I think it's three, but whatever. Uh, the, he goes into extensively how we're supposed to do that introspection every day mm-hmm. for, you know, and, and supposed to be thinking about, you know, it, it, it's, hold on, I'm just grabbing my sitters so I can pull out exactly because I wrote it in here of what the work is that we're meant to be doing. Um, because, it's 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 so crucial and i i'm sure i don't do it right I, i'm doing it a while but it's very very hard i took the chapter three of Masilis Yasharm and i wrote down i studied actually uh, several i've gone through it many many times but what is the correct torah path and number two do your deeds follow that path mm. so i made that into a little sticky note and i put it in my sitter when i'm do after i do my blessings my morning blessings I, I actually take time. I hope to get better at it. Maybe in ten years we can talk again, and I can. I can but my, my the, the, the the opening gambit uh, gambit of it is at least I'm setting aside time to attempt to introspect. Right. And I consider myself, you know, on the scale of introspection, I, I do a lot, like after I, you know, I'll say something to somebody, I'm like, ooh, you know, maybe I'm so, I'm obsessive compulsive, I don't know, but, you know, afterwards I'll sit there and I'll think, oh, should I have said it that way? And what if they thought this? And what if, whatever. So, uh, but but I think setting aside time, if anyone can take that on as a project, it's not mm-hmm. an easy project, but the, the, the what you're saying is absolutely correct that, you know, for instance, it, you know, in this needs and wants issue, if a woman just did that, her whole life could completely shift for the better. 100%. Just that one thing. 100%. And I'll tell you another area that's very woefully, um, it's such an easy, or uh, it's not easy, maybe hard to do, but such a simple fix compared to um, uh, 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 the amount of uh, aggravation. And that is, I find most women feel that they're not appreciated enough. They're just not, they don't get the appreciation they need. And so if they got the, if a woman gets appreciation, she can, she can sit there and make, you know, a kugels till three o'clock in the morning. She doesn't care. They're being appreciated. She, you know, but if she's not appreciated, every sock she folds becomes. She'll a, resent it. 
she'll resent it. That's exactly right. Everything she does becomes like, oh, nobody cares, nobody whatever. So this is a huge, huge problem. I don't think I've ever met a woman who didn't feel not unappreciated enough by everybody, her husband in particular and the most, and her kids and everybody in her life. But the issue is there's a very simple fix, and that is to solicit the appreciation that you need. And this is there's a lot to be said here and there's a lot, you know, I could I could go on and on and on about uh, how to do that. I have a whole new chapter on it and a little actually they can click on Ladies Talk Show too. I have classes on it. But the issue is that getting the appreciation you need it's very funny. Why would Hashem give make a woman a bottomless pit of needing appreciation? Uh-huh. And marry her to a man who's incapable of giving her the amount of appreciation in the quantity and quality she absolutely desperately needs. It's kind of, what is this, a common, a joke for Michelle? So I don't know the answer to that. The Chosen Ish says that a husband and wife connect through communication. And so maybe this is how a woman communicates. But just for your listeners out there, here is a thing that can turn your life around starting this moment. Let's hear it. Okay. (laughs) That is, if you prompt appreciation from your husband, and women are very reluctant to do this, but if you can... Prompt is the operating word. (laughs) Not not yell, not scream. (laughs) Right, exactly. If you So you're sitting at the table and you say, isn't the soup delicious, dear? Mm -hmm. And he says, yes. Don't ask him, how is the soup, dear? He'd say, oh, it needs more salt or you need some onion powder or you need whatever. No, this isn't culinary advice. Thank you very much. Thank you for sharing. Not today. (laughs) Isn't the soup delicious, dear? Okay. Now, he's going to say yes. Now, the uh, honest truth, is it better? For him to sit there and you say nothing and from say, wow, the soup's really delicious, dear. That is what we call an A++ compliment. Mm-hmm. You get those maybe once a year, twice a month, whatever, it is, you know, once every six months, once a month, twice, whatever. You're not getting those all the time. And meanwhile, every day, the resentment builds. Right. When you say, isn't the soup delicious, dear? And he says, yes, that's a B. Maybe it's a B plus if he says it. Oh, yes, it's a B plus compliment. But here's the thing. You're getting B plus compliments every day or 10 times a day if you need them all day long. Whatever it is, you're getting them all the time. But also, sorry to cut you off, but aren't you helping him build up that muscle of, of kind of that sensitivity to recognize? And therefore, you will get to the A plus comments more often. Don't you uh, it's, uh, I'm no, sorry that's naive. very, very sad news, but no, they <laughs> never learn. They never learn. And some of your listeners are probably thinking, hey, my husband does it all the time. Okay, so he had a great mother who trained him. Fine. Okay, You're so lucky. I, I have to say my mother-in-law was great. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. So that's great. But uh, for the most part, even still, there's usually, even the ones whose husbands are terrific at appreciation, there's usually a, 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 at least a small or significant gap between what the appreciation a woman needs and what her husband is capable of giving to her. And the, the solution is the first few times you do this, it might feel a little bit uncomfortable, but once it gets rolling, you, you're, you're walking around. Women today are walking around with a appreciation bucket that is completely empty. empty. And the, hmm. uh, empty. And they don't know why they're a kind of low-level depressed or they go to the refrigerator and eat a box of ice cream. They don't know what's wrong with them. And it's because they, their meter of their appreciation bucket is broken and they don't know how to fix it. And I'm telling you, this way, I've got thousands of women who've tried this. It's part of our Masora. I have sources for it. Uh, it, it is to actually prompt and then i'll give you one last trick for this one is prompting like that there's no, there's six tricks in there but i'm get, just going to give you one more it's called the ventriloquist this one's going to sound corny and goofy but for the people who try this and do this it's gorgeous and here's how it is you spent three days cooking for yantif okay okay your husband is sitting there and he says oh the meal was was really good thanks you're like uh 
excuse me like that's like have you have so then you in your cutest ventriloquist voice you know ventriloquist is one of those puppets that you know the 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 puppet the ventriloquist make the puppet talk so you in your cutest ventriloquist voice you said why dear that was the most delicious dinner i ever had in my whole life the soup was fantastic please serve that apple kugel again it was just divine and also by the way you look fantastic tonight mm. and the husband gets a big crack of smile on his face he laughs and sweets and he goes yeah 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 that's exactly what i meant to say now some husbands this will annoy and some husbands it'll be such a relief for them to be able to know exactly what you want to hear so again that's another tool some of these are a little corny again taken as a whole what we're training ourselves to be if we had to say, if you said, Leah, what on one foot, what is the Masura? What from Harsinai? When the Torah was given, what is the one thing standing on one foot is our Masura for Shalom Bayes, for peace in the home? And that would be the husband is the giver and the wife is the receiver. Mm-hmm. And the little techniques that I'm saying, you know, some of them, you know, will sit well. Again, all of these are try this at home. You try it once, you throw away the ones that don't work, the ones that work, your whole life will be different because you will be teaching your husband to give to you and you will be teaching yourself to be a bigger receiver. And the bigger a receiver you are, the more blessing God can send to your family. I love it, Leah. But I have one comment about this and indulge me here a little bit. Something that came to mind as you were speaking, um, I love these techniques, but I kept thinking in the back of my head, there's there's also a part of me that thinks, one minute, why why does it always have to be personal? Like, why can't we have also our buckets full with other things? Obviously, we have to work on our marriages and all that. I'm not, I'm not denying that. But like, our state of being and mind depending, our contentment depending all the time on our husband's acknowledgement over dinner or lack of acknowledgement, I think there's work to do there, ladies. Like, we have to also we're we're multifaceted human beings like maybe we need to be engaged in other things that fill our lives too no is this like um a little bit controversial (laughs) right yeah so it's good it's a very very it is a very big topic but i will try and cover what we can here in terms of it's a very good question the we always turn to our sources in times like this like oh what's the answer there and our sources actually bear out if you take a look the first time a woman is mentioned in the torah mm-hmm. it says we're an azer connecto and the, that's a helpmate opposite our husband. That's how we're identified. Now, this is not politically correct. I mean, I'm going to get people, you know, uh, you know, but here's the thing. We're not looking at this as in, okay, we're a subservient server to our husband. That's a, that's the mistake. That's where the, the, the feminist movement had a, had a big error. There's, they're thinking, you know, it's separate but equal or whatever. The, you know, I don't know, even know. I'm not an expert in feminism, so I don't even know. So I might be even stating it wrong. So uh, forgive me that. But in terms of what a um, uh, uh, what our Masora is, what our tradition is, is that there are many sources that talk about how a wife's yearning is for her husband appreciation from Mm -hmm. her husband Mm -hmm. looking for that and I don't think the other things are in any way contradictory to that I think they go hand in hand I think if I only was sitting there watching waiting watching out the window for my husband to come home and you know whatever you know I think I'd be very unfulfilled you know in terms of my my other aspects to, to me but to deny that my core self that core part of me wants to be close to my husband, that the core part of me wants his approval and wants him Mm. to be happy and satisfied with me, I think that's an error. And I think that once a woman starts focusing on it, especially if her husband is not, you know, if they've got challenges in their marriage and they're like, wait a minute, he can't even like, he can't even pay the bills on time. He, he, you know, doesn't know how to clean the dishes. He doesn't know how to, you know, I I asked him to take the trash out to the garden, to the curb and he doesn't put it down on the curb. He leaves it on the sidewalk. You know, he can't do anything. I'm supposed to be trying to get his approval. I don't even, I can't even look up to him. I can't even respect him. Are you crazy? Very hard. So the key here is that we are taught that respect is granted, never earned. 
And if you grant your husband that respect and respect him, even despite that, okay, he can't do, he can't bring the garbage out properly. But you know what? He handled our seven-year-old so well. They were having a tantrum and he, there are things he does, believe me, that you just stand in awe at, okay? Respect him for those things. And the other things, okay, so he'll either be the same or not, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but the point is that um, to answer your question is that the um, uh, taking a um, uh, stance that, our husband, our relationship with our husband is the core and everything else flows from that gives us the power to make changes in our relationship. If we feel like, Ugh, whatever, there's nothing, I tried this, I tried that, nothing works. Then you want to throw your hands up and then of course, you know, get into scrapbooking or, or, you know, or work or become a nurse or I don't know. I, I don't, you know, we do do something that, that, that engages you fully because you're not getting the satisfaction from your marriage. That's, that's not the best answer. The best answer is to, to work on the marriage and then the other so much blessing will come into your house that all the other stuff will be filled as well but uh it's it's a very good like that yes i I hear what you're saying yeah yeah and it goes back to your initial point of how you started this this is the priority this is the core and everything flows from there yeah I, i love it this is just such important work so let's get to the ladies talk show how did this come about this is like it's been called a spiritual growth class in stilettos it's like a fun show tell us about this this show oh thank you very much so it's really it's kind of a wild thing is that when i was teaching the class so i i when i came to podcasts it was, it was uh you know it was an evolution so i started teaching the you know the ladies talk show to a group of people and it's basically i give out one thing and then everybody screams you know so it's a very different podcast it's not me you know talking uh, just giving a lecture and it's not me interviewing somebody or you know there's a million different things this is actually we it, it's very complicated actually it took quite some time to get it down but it's me i said it table mm-hmm. with a microphone and then there's eight microphone phones around the room with a live studio audience sitting there um, and there's regulars who come every week and then there are drop-ins who come sometimes and then people who we never saw before show up and so it's kind of this free-for-all here in Los Angeles and and um, uh, so they they come and they sit and the, the microphones are there and I will bring up a topic it's also a teleconference so people can call in if they have flip phones or if they just want to be a you know ask a question on the phone they call in and it's live everything's live it's on on facebook live on youtube live and on instagram live i'm not sure about youtube i think so i can't remember Uh, but anyway it's whatever it's all those places and on our website which is ladiestalkshow.com anyway the the point of it is that it's people you know will get will pose a question about our sources and then rather than me saying hey you know you should uh everybody should that our sources say that uh you should um Try and support your husband in everything he does. And then everyone has to go home and scratch their head. (laughs) One of the women says to me, what do you mean support him in everything he does? He should support me in everything I do. You expect me to support him when he wants to buy a stupid car? He should buy the better make of car and blah, blah. And everybody yells at the same time. I I, I have to show I spent saying, okay, one at a time, one at a time. And it's just so much fun. And uh, Do they let you talk? (laughs) Yeah, they don't let me talk. (laughs) Yeah, no, they do. It's, 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 It's a combination of what our sources say and what people's reaction to them. So it's a whole lot of fun. And so after I was doing that live, then we put all these uh, microphones around and now it's just awesome. I just love, like you just love being in the room and people who hear it, they're, they're like, it's so sticky, so juicy. Like I just can't get enough. And people do binge watching of it. Like, I, you know, I just got an email yesterday from some woman who said, I just heard about you yesterday and I've already listened to almost every one of your shows. You I know? love so it. It's really fun. It's kind of a, you know, a, a crash course in, in our Masora, in our uh, for Shalom bias, in, in, and it's a lot of fun. It's a fun way to learn a very deep, um, spiritual, and, and important thing. It's a fun way to learn it. I'm teaching a class with a live audience that reacts to that class. That's so so cool. if, the, if, if the audience, is, if the person who's listening on the on the podcast or on the teleconference, if I'm sitting there saying, you know, you should, let's try the homework of, of not interrupting your husband. So she's sitting there thinking, oh my goodness, you know, why should I do that? So someone in the class will say, Leah, why should I do that? And mm-hmm. then I'll say, well, try it. You know what I'm saying? They are a voice for the listener, and that makes it very, very powerful. It's very, not just uh, yeah. very cool. So, how many how many ladies show up every week on average? 
so it it varies a lot. It's very strange. After Yuntif, we get like five people, uh, <laughs> but but you know, then the week after that, I'll have twenty five. You know, so I would say typically it's I think twenty five is probably the most we ever had because we don't advertise it so much. The the live audience the, the listeners are you know hundreds of people listen on mm-hmm. online and then after the show also but but we don't advertise in person the thing so it's about i think you know somewhere between 10 and 18 every week something like that okay well now i know what to do on my next visit to la stop there you the ladies talk show live love, i would love it yeah i really really would love it and, you and, are so wonderful and yeah. grab that mic <laughs> along with you how fun yeah. That's yeah. It's a lot. Everybody, they do. They they grab the mic. We don't have them on camera, which is a little disappointing. But they don't. You know, th- this way they can really talk. We try. We're we're very stringent about Lush and Hara. People shouldn't say anything bad about their husbands, except for my co-host Sarit, who um uh you know she is has a heter to say anything because her husband allows, and we went to many rebbeim to ask. So she sometimes talks about her husband, but everybody else, you're allowed to say. You know, my husband. You can't say my husband left his all his farm, all his. Bo- on the dining room table. That's Lush and Hara about gossip about your husband. But you can't say, my husband had a habit that drove me crazy. And this week I didn't yell at him about it. I asked him nicely or whatever, something mm-hmm. like that. So mm-hmm. there, we try to be very careful about it. And uh, and then it, your listeners can t- feel free to call in. You know, they, 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 it, it is a teleconference. They can ask questions live or they can go to my website um, and uh, they can post questions there. I got a lot of emails every week of people saying, here's the situation with my marriage. Can you help me with this? You know, they set up a private meeting or they uh, they ask it on the show and then people I can answer it right there and and uh, go back and forth that way or they can send me an email with a question so again we're trying to change Klai Yisrael to focus on marriage one marriage at, t- at a time and that's what we're trying to accomplish here and I'm so grateful to you for for having me and for sharing yourself with us and sharing our uh, us with your audience and uh, are I'm just, you kidding me this is such an important topic I'm so happy we're doing this this is phenomenal um, so Leah were there clues along the way that you might end up doing this kind of work or you know I think you told me before that you studied economics just like me right that's so funny yeah it's so funny well I actually very early in our marriage my husband went back to school and I said to him he's like oh well I guess you have to go to work I'm like I started crying and uh, I really did um and I said how about if I stay home and write a book and he's like uh really okay and uh, so I did and that I so I was able to stay home with my my I was pregnant at the time within my newborn baby and then subsequently with every kid I wrote another book or whatever and um and again you know so that's kind of how I I got into the whole thing but I also for, you know I was always one of those people who people came and asked advice from I'm not sure why um you know, <laughs> I know. I, I, you know it's just like I, and so I, I really felt like if I'm going to advise people I better know my stuff mm-hmm. and so I just started getting every book on marriage, every Torah book on marriage and relationships. And frankly, I didn't find them all in one place. And that's what gave me the idea to write Marriage Secrets is, is to put them one fast, easy read that, you know, and also I wrote the book in a, in a way so, so that people could, in other words, they already paid for the book. So if they read it five times, they get w- much more bang for their buck. Um, and so, um, you know, it's really for a review to read it again and again, because, you know, and it's a fun read. So hopefully, hopefully I that's love it. Uh, I'm going to have to my hands on that book I, I, I I'm I'm gonna love it okay so Leah, I want to get a little bit personal what can you share with us you've been married already for a, a number of years Baruch Hashem what's been a the biggest area of growth in your own marriage something that you've had to work on that you struggled with hopefully you've conquered <laughs> my personal biggest obstacle to Shalom was even before I got married was a uh, flaring up like when I got upset I just that's it like you know I'm not I I don't know whether it was anger issues although I'm sure it was but I I don't know whether it was like I had horrible anger issues but I did have like I let it rip I didn't have any idea in my head that I needed to manage that and grow that and I remember you know this is this is um, uh, before I got married I, I had been taught to drive by a woman who basically drove along screaming at every driver you know okay. like 
Yeah, yeah, just screaming at the top of her lungs, window up, window down, didn't matter, screaming, oh, you idiot, blah, 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 you know, whatever. I thought that's how you drove. So I would drive along and, you know, be screaming, oh, I can't believe they did that. No, they cut me off. And then, no, where are you? Watch where you're going and, you know, whatever, like that. And one time I'm driving along and I'm thinking, oh my goodness, one day I'm going to have a kid in the back seat. Am I the kind of mommy that I'm going to want my kid to have. And that was the start of the process of working on my anger. And, uh, you know, it was not easy, let me tell you. Um, I, 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 It turned into, uh, eventually I was better at the anger. And when my husband upset me or did something, uh, then it, I turned into pouting, which is another level, <laughs> the one step better, but still not so great, which is what's wrong, nothing. What's wrong, dear? Nothing, nothing, nothing's wrong, you know. Um, and eventually, I grew myself, you know, over time, over time. Uh, you, uh, I have this whole section on how to manage your anger, which is a lot, I'm just going to be on a, standing on one foot, is taking, pretending you're a bird and flying outside of yourself and watching yourself. Like, really, do I really want to be behaving that way? And uh, there's a lot more to it than that, but that's just sort of a... a I love a, a, that a, visual. Yeah, yeah. And that really helps you to work on your anger. That's how I did that. And and, uh, I mean, thank God. My husband has unbelievable patience that he was able to just put up with my growth in that area because it, it took me time. It took time. Leah, I like to wrap up my show with what I call JLP fill in the blanks. I coronate all my guests with these little questions. They're uh, fill in the blanks. So I'm going to give you a statement and you just uh, finish it with the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. Alrighty, I'm there. Okay, I'm Leah Richheimer, and I feel most spiritual when? Oh, that's good. Um, probably davening, praying, um, but also at the Shabbos table, like sometimes, not sometimes, probably not every Shabbos, I guess, but a lot of Shabbos is I'll be sitting at the Shabbos table with either just my family or with a lot of guests or with a few guests, whatever, and I'll just say like, how did I land up here, God? God, what did I do to deserve to be at the Shabbos table? Um, so I guess, I, yeah, well, between those, you know, one, I guess, is a very personal connection with Hashem. And then the other is is uh, just feeling the blessing that is in my life. Yeah, I, I, I that the Shabbos table is so special. And I feel like um, sometimes I feel like I'm connecting to people and I say, thank you, God, because the truth is some, we might have not gotten a chance to connect with these people. You know, they might be from totally different circles, different careers, different walks of life. And it had it not been for Shabbos, for a Shabbos invitation, I would have been deprived of that connection, right? Well, that's, that's exactly true. It is. It's, it, it, and I feel like God handpicks who I need to have that week. So even people <laughs> cancel and I'm upset or this happens, whatever, you know, I feel like the, everything is beshared. And then whoever is sitting there is like handpicked from God. That's what I needed to hear at this moment. That's what I need to feel. It's, it's just, uh, yeah, it's very yes, good yes, feeling. Yes, yes. Yeah. My favorite mitzvah or one I connect with the most is. Wow. So, I mean, the obvious answer is Shalom Bias. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, about uh, 20 years ago or so, maybe 25 years, a lot, quite a while, my Rav said that every Jew has one mitzvah that is kind of their calling card, like that kind of like speaks to them more in a deeper method, mm -hmm. in a deeper way. And my husband and I discussed, okay, what, what is that for us? And we really decided Hachnas's orphan to have guests. Um, that that is something like we could pour our whole kishkas into our whole hearts and souls into into uh, you know feeding them and taking care of them and hosting them and having a lot of people interacting and you know and so we really we really did that for many many years and then as my kids got older and I had less help at the table uh, it became harder and uh, and at the same time was when I started this whole marriage campaign which is my nonprofit organization for for making shalom bias making marriage the number one priority in our lives to really basically to give an aliyah a raising up of the whole world um and so uh you know they kind of dovetailed into each other very nicely but the bottom line is i guess um it would be uh you know near and dear to my heart would be shalom bias but what i've been actively be doing for the last 
uh, for many more decades is Achnas's Orchem. Although I have to say, Shalom Bias, that's a global Shalom Bias. For my own Shalom Bias, I have worked very, very hard in my life for, for you know, since the beginnings of our marriage that of making it the number one priority in my life. Uh, my husband making my marriage, children are secondary, you know, everything else is secondary, focusing on that. And, uh, you know, so uh, I don't know if I answered your question because I can't. You know to- what? It's so beautiful. And I don't know if you realize the, the direct connection. I want to tell you a story that I once heard. Um, I forget. I, God forbid. God forbid me that I don't know the um, the person to give credit to. But I heard this from a rabbi, a visiting rabbi, who came to town, and he was saying a story about um, how. Um, a couple came to, I don't remember, it was to him or his mother, who's a therapist or whatever, with Shalom Bayit problems, okay? And the therapist looked at them and said, I want you, well, the kids weren't getting along, the parents weren't getting along, like it was just a little bit, they, everybody was going through a rough patch at home. So the therapist looked at them and said, I want you to have guests next Shabbos. And they looked at him and they said, uh, have you not been listening to us the last 30 minutes? The bickering doesn't end. Like the kids are at each other's throats. We're fighting. There is no way we're letting in a guest at our Shabbos table. And she said, I've listened very careful. You're ha- very carefully. You're having guests next Shabbos. And lo and behold, the instructions were something like for every week for the next four weeks, you had to have guests, right? So they Bye. came back. And what happened? The Shalom had started to return in the home. Why? What happens when you have guests? Everybody starts focusing on the guests and on giving, which is a key component in peace and happiness. We're giving. We're not taking. We're not thinking about, well, my sibling pulled the chair from me and this one, that one. So people always tell me, oh, it's because they're in their best behavior. But why are we in our best behavior? Because we're giving to others. And the minute we're giving, we get to that place where we're all in sync with the, the chesed and, and, and the shalom returns to the home. Isn't that great? Oh, my gosh. I love that. It so dovetails with my life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> That's so amazing. Yes. I love that story. Thank you very much right? for sharing. Uh, all right. My fondest, sweetest Jewish memory is? Hmm. Um, well, let's see. I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is obviously Purim because uh, it's really? like such a happy. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just I, I remember the sitting at the, you know, at the show with like all my kids on that, you know, two or three on my lap, you know, you're listening to Megillah that I'm holding a wand, I'm holding a grogger, I'm holding a, <laughs> uh, you know, whatever. And I'm just like, this is just the sweet, sweet, sweet. This is so sweet, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think that's, that's probably one of my fond- fondest, uh, memories of the uh, Jewish life. I mean, everything, yeah, all told, you know, there isn't a moment that you're not living, breathing, you know, the, 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 the joy of your work, you know, keeping kashas, your spiritual level is elevated, you know, um, so many, so many mitzvahs, we do bring joy and happiness, but that, that one uh, in particular, just, you could, I could taste it, you know? Yeah, I love it. Something <laughs> I wish that I wish I had learned about Judaism growing up is, oh, wow. Um, I wish I knew how sweet it was. Mm. Uh, it, to me, from the outside looking in, it looked like a bunch of automatons who didn't have brains of their own, <laughs> who just, you know, like, you know, Stepford wives just going about their business and like, oh my gosh, no creativity where they're going to, you know, they just kind of do, do everything everybody else does and they're following a book, you know, and I didn't realize how much self-expression would be in, you know, you'd be allowed to do and how much, um, how fulfilling it would be and how sweet it would taste. I, I, I just, I just never knew, you know? So I, I guess that would be it. Yeah. yeah. When I get Sadaka, I, I like to give too. You know, Baruch Hashem, we do give a lot of different places. My husband makes most of the choices of where we give. I mean, obviously if I say, Oh, we should do this or whatever, it's fine. But you know, that's kind of his department, but there's one, there's one Sadaka that I give that is totally, I'm sure I get no, credit in Shemayim for giving because I enjoy it so thoroughly and that is when the little kids come up our street collecting they knock on the door and they have these scratchers and they're trying to collect you know for their school mm-hmm. and or for Tom Shabbos you know something for people so they have food for Shabbos they're collecting for different things and just 
you know, I, I overgive whatever, like, you know, because they're all trying to collect it. You know, if they get three prizes, if right, they get Right, right, either for dollars, High Live get- Line or Friendship Circle or Tom Chavez or those things. They're so cute. Yeah, yeah. But they get, if they get a certain dollar amount, mm-hmm. then if they, if they collect $20, they get a, a little shoelace. If yeah, they collect yeah, yeah. $40, <laughs> they get a, you know, a pen with it, whatever. So, you know, they're always uh, totally embarrassed and totally whatever. And, and I always give this, you know, a, a really nice donation just because it's so, it, I, just, I sometimes I close the door and I open the little window I have in my door and I watch them look down and open the check and Aww. jump up in the air. <laughs> it's yeah. like, jump! Yes, here comes that helicopter. (laughs) Yeah, I'm telling you, it is just just like, and then they go racing off and then they tell all the other kids and they all come, you know, knocking one at a time at my door. Anyway, that's really, really self-serving and selfish. I'm supposed to say something very holy and whatever, but uh, I'm just answering the question as honestly as I can. It's uh, that's when that's that's the thing that makes, uh, you know, put the bounce on my step because there's a lot in it for me, you know. I love it. Finally, I'm Leah Richheimer and today I'm most grateful for my husband. Mm. How beautiful. My husband. Yeah, my husband. I, uh, it's unbelievable. What, you know, a guy never knows. They walk They walk in the door. They never know what they're going to find. You know, the wife is happy. The wife is sad. And they're just a rock, you know, and for the most part. I guess there's other husbands who have whatever, but I just feel like, I just feel like the luckiest girl on the whole planet Earth, you know, that I, that I, uh, yeah, you know, I worked at it and I know that, but I also know I got, uh, I got a real mensch. So yeah. May good- you have many, many happy and healthy years together, Leah. Amen. Amen. And I'd like to give a bracha to your listeners that they should have shalom bias that they with everybody, whether it's their husband or anybody in their life, if they're single, that they should feel closer to their family members and their friends, and that we should all feel Hashem's presence all day, every day, and all night, every night, and feel blessing in our life every moment. Amen. What an incredible bracha. Leah Hutchheimer, thank you for being on the show. Tell us again where we can find you to get more of your wisdom in our lives. (laughs) Thank you. So it's uh, ladiestalkshow.com www.ladiestalkshow.com or they can look me up on Facebook or on YouTube Leah Richheimer um, and uh, there's a lot of videos there a ton of videos that like people who do these binge watching and, and you know get up to speed they also can find my book Marriage Secrets at artscroll.com or at amazon.com or any of the bookstores it's called Marriage Secrets and it's 220 tourist sources all packed into one thorough book with, that's hopefully very enjoyable Leah and it says oh it's such an easy read and you know it's very hard topic to talk about uh, you know trying to improve ourselves and maximizing our potential and being the best people we can be and uh, but hopefully it's done in an easy way and that's called Marriage Secrets and I'm so grateful to you I'm a big fan and I'm so happy to be invited on your show and I I love the questions it was really really an enjoyable interview thank you Leah Richheimer I'll have to come visit you in LA and in the meantime we're going to put all those links on the show notes oh that's great (laughs) thank you that's very kind of you Thanks to Leah Richheimer for stopping by. You can catch Leah's podcast, The Ladies Talk Show, at theladiestalkshow.com or wherever you find your podcasts. Leah's latest book is, of course, Marriage Secrets, A Woman's Guide to Making Your Marriage Even Better. If you love this episode, please take a few seconds on iTunes and leave a rating. That is one of the best ways to ensure that others will get to know the show as iTunes will take note of your ratings and recommend the show to women looking for for great Jewish content. No kidding, I've had many listeners told me that this is how they found the show, which makes me very happy. And of course, the second best way is to hit the share button on your podcast app or on the show's webpage if that's where you're downloading the show from. Um, But most likely you're downloading it on your phone, so it's very easy to just share um, and pass the love along to a friend. This week, I wanna take the opportunity to thank you for my, you're my terrific audience. Um, so I'm very grateful to you. I love producing this show. It really is one of the highlights of my week and I wouldn't be here without you. So thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for the support. Thank you for all the emails, the ratings, the reviews, the recommendations for guests and all the conversation. Have I want to wish you all also a beautiful Thanksgiving. And remember that as Jewish women, we have the opportunity to practice gratitude every single day, multiple times a day. So let's use it. Have a Great Thanksgiving and a beautiful week, everyone. Thanks for listening to Jewish Latin Princess Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe on iTunes, leave a rating, and share the podcast with the Jewish women you love. 
To access today's show notes, ask Yael a question, or suggest a uniquely talented Jewish woman to be featured on the show, visit JewishLatinPrincess.com.